This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, presented by Fetch Me Delivery. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Use the free Fetch Me Delivery app or go online to fetchmedelivery.com. They can get your family meal delivered in 40 minutes or less. They also can get you dry cleaning. They can go grocery shopping for you. They can do just about anything. So be sure to go to fetchmedelivery.com or use uh, the free Fetch Me app and use the promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. I'm Zach Blackerby, joined by Josh Vitale of the Montgomery Advertiser. Josh, how are you? Doing great, Zach. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I think I'm doing better than a lot of... uh, a lot of Auburn fans listening to this I, today. I would think so. This was a rough weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was a rough one for them. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, before we get going into it, guess what my pick was on Friday? I nailed it. Did you say Georgia 21-14? Yep. Wow. How about that? I had I had Auburn 24, Georgia 20. See, I did see. not think Auburn's offense would take three quarters to score a touchdown. That was not. I did not think that would happen. Well, and then going into the fourth quarter... I did not expect them to to put together two quick drives. I mean, those two drives looked incredible. Yeah, and it's just like where where and, and Georgia switched to zone, yes, that, which is a big part a big of thing. it. Yeah, I mean, was that all of it? I think it's a big part. That's of it. part of it. I think Auburn did execute better. Um, I mean, Bo Nix looked really good on those drives. Yeah, until and p- people p- quickly pointed out until that throw to Harold Joyner, which on that, was, that, I that mean, that was down, bad. That was a bad throw, and Bo Nix said after the game. Yeah, I know he got a hand on it. That's on me. There's no excuse for that. I have to hit him with that pass. So it's not like anyone's shying away from that was a bad pass. But Bo Nix, I mean, Auburn's not in that position if Bo Nix doesn't play well in those two drives. It's just It's really the thing that will kill people, kill fans about this season is that, I mean, Gus Malzahn's been so good at bye weeks. Mm-hmm. He had two weeks for Georgia, and he got shut out through three quarters for the first time in his Auburn career. Auburn has played its the three toughest games in schedule and has scored now 13 20 and 14 points the defense held all three of those teams 24 or fewer points and Auburn has lost all three of those games I I I blame I blame absolutely no one for being frustrated right now yeah I mean it's a tough situation and it's it's Georgia again it seems like it's always this Georgia two and six two and six get Gus Malzahn's two and six against Georgia you don't like that that's not. I no mean, one should like that. That's that's not a good thing. Yeah, and I mean, when you're hired to be the head coach at Auburn, you're expected to beat Georgia and Alabama. LSU is probably the third team there. Yeah, but sometimes, at least some of the time, those three teams Auburn six and fifteen against in Malzahn's tenure, and that's not what you want. Yeah, and you know, you know there, there's you know so much money being thrown at Gus yeah. Malzahn, and that's kind of I think what's making some Auburn fans pretty upset about it. Yes, and I I do understand that because he's getting paid like a top you know, seven coach in the country and Auburn's on a top seven team. But I don't necessarily think that salary equates to what level you have to be at as a coach. I think, and this is, I mean, we all know that Stephen Leaf, after the 2017 season, basically got railroaded by Jimmy Sexton into this contract. Right. Um, it's a bad contract. Everyone will agree that it's a bad contract. But it is the contract that Auburn and Gus Malzahn, or Auburn is stuck with and Gus Malzahn has, so... Good you for can, Gus, be, by the way. Yes. I mean, good for Jimmy Sexton. <laughs> yeah. the, the He's thing, doing his job, man. I See, my, my personal feeling is I don't think Gus Malzahn cares about $49 million or $7 million a season. I think Gus Malzahn just really wants to coach football. Jimmy Sexton 
cares very deeply about $7 million for season, $49 million, because Jimmy Sexton gets a cut of that money. So sure. Jimmy Sexton just, That's his job just did what Jimmy that. Sexton right. does. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's, it's interesting because we're in this situation, and then you look at Arkansas, who they haven't really made any moves as far as sniffing out their next head coach. That's uh, obviously going to draw storylines, but we can talk about that more uh, down the road okay. or p- perhaps later. I, I want to talk about the offense. Let's talk about the offense. I don't really understand why it's not working, because every time I think i figured out why it's not working, something happens. Because like, there are some games where I'm like, I think the play calling looks good, and it's just poor execution. Mm-hmm. You know, or Bo Nix has a bad game on the road. Like, I didn't hate the play calling against Florida. I just didn't. Um, or, and then other situations, LSU, maybe a little more suspect. But then there are games where the offensive line doesn't do its job. Yeah. And then there's games where, you know, Bo Nix doesn't look like he can get, you know, the broadside of a barn. And I don't know if it's a combination of all of that. I don't know if it's the scheme. It, it, it's What do you think it is? I think it is everything. I think people want to blame something, which is, I think that's just human nature. You want to be able to have escape a bit. This is Gus's fault. This is Bo's fault. This is the line's fault. This is, I think it's every, everything put together just doesn't work. I mean, you look at the Georgia game, that first drive, they move right down the field. Yeah. They get into that scoring. A, that was one of the best drives of the season, actually, yeah. I think. And they're, they're fourth and three. They, I thought they might go for it. They didn't find the hick field goal. Anders Carlson, who until two weeks ago had been very reliable this season, misses a field goal. Okay. Killer. Couple drives later, move the ball again, get down there. Fumble. Fumble. Yep. No, that was the that was no the the second one was Booby Whitlow, fourth and one again, dropped for a thirteen yard loss. You're right. Um that was a wildcat play. Georgia sniffed every because Auburn that wildcat play. The whole thing is you know the ball is going to be run. Mm-hmm. You have to block it. Auburn has struggled to block things in the run game this year. Booby, I think, ran into Markwell Harrell in the backfield because he was pushed back so far and it was just the play was over before it started. He lost thirteen yards. In that situation, are you cool with him running backwards to try to make something happen? Because like you're going to lose the ball anyway. Yeah, I didn't hate what Booby did there. He, you you he, didn't hate it. He was. I mean, that play. As soon as he stepped forward, that play was dead. Okay. Best case scenario, you're, he was losing three yards. You're so, you're okay with him sacrificing ten more yards for the chance of something crazy happening? You're cool I am. with it. I'm not a coach, but I am. I mean, my having, thought is you're having getting, watched Booby Whitlow play in in high school. I am. Yeah. I was too, because mm-hmm. for a second I'm like, oh, oh, and There's then something I mean, there. Yeah. Georgia did a great job. I'm sure of the coaching staff it. in the high on the sideline be like, hey, don't go backwards and lose. 10. But like, but then again, they'll also like w- with the defense that Malzahn has, it's yeah. like you know, try to do something crazy. But yeah, yeah, we're but that, not coaches. They may have been really yeah. mad at him. I don't know. Here's and this is this is the the biggest difference in the game for me. Auburn through the first three quarters crossed the Georgia 40-yard line four times. Okay. Georgia crossed the Auburn 40-yard line three times. Georgia scored three touchdowns. Auburn scored zero points. Wow, that's a big step. you got to turn. you got to just turn. If you're going to cross mid, and Auburn did it against Ole Miss, too, they moved the ball a ton in that game, and they just could not convert. Those, there's like a – actually, Auburn's – three of Auburn's – three of those four drives stalled at the 37-yard line of Georgia. It's like 37. It's like, oh, we don't, we don't go past the 37. We, we can't do the, the 29. The 29 is too far. We get to the 37, we'll just hang here. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Bo Nix threw the ball 50 times. That is a ton of time. That is the fourth most times in a game for a quarterback in Auburn program history. That was the fourth most. Fourth most. He's never touching that Stan White record. Do you? 58 times once. 58? 58 times. Who's that against? Do you I remember? I think it was an overtime game, though. Okay. Yeah. I think you get a few extra there. But yeah. that's still, I mean, it, the fact that you're coming anywhere close to that yeah. is, is beyond crazy to me, especially when you know, we talked about Georgia playing man for the bulk of the game. They go to zone. And that's when Auburn had some success quickly. But when you look at Auburn's wide receivers across the board playing man on man, there was literally one guy that could win a matchup. Yep. Well, Hastings could not get open unless it was three yards downfield. There was some talk on Twitter that I saw, you know, throw the ball to J.J. Wilson. I'm not buying it. And, and then Schwartz had a hard time getting any kind of separation. I mean, Seth was the only guy that could win a man-on-man matchup. At this point, I mean, Auburn's recruited well at the wide receiver position. Why is he the only guy that can get open? It's interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know if I fully understand it. I think... Is it a scheme thing? Is I don't it know if it's all thing? scheme. I think... Maybe it's a trust, and the guys who are playing are the guys that Auburn trusts the most. We've talked about it in this room. I think Matthew Hill is a guy who is a guy who gets open a lot, okay. or can get open a lot. They don't play him a bunch because they don't really trust him right now because of the mistakes he's made this season, whether it's lining up wrong or you know not doing the right things. Like it's just there's talent in that receiver room. I don't know. I don't know enough about scheme or what they're doing in practice to say, this guy's not good enough, that guy's not good enough. But yeah. you're right. Seth Williams was open every play. The slant that Seth Williams play was there. I mean, Auburn fans should be have been play. happy about that, right? I mean, oh they've been God, praying yeah. for, for the slant. Slants, yes. And more Seth Williams. I mean, you got it. Seth Williams, I think he's the best wide receiver that I've seen come through Auburn. I mean, I, I think he yeah, is. Yeah, he could be. I mean, I, I think he does, as far as doing multiple things really, really well. Like Sammy Coates, I really loved his ability to stretch the field. You know, Duke Williams was good at just kind of that big slant kind of role, that big slot slant thing and kind of going up to get the contested ball. And then, you know, Darius Slayton did a good job stretching the field. But Seth kind of does everything. He can do all that. And going into this year, the question was, can he do all those things? And he's, he's answered the question like 10 times. Well, and he I was kind of worried about Auburn not using him correctly. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're, they've figured out how to use him. And like the whole Schwartz experiment is super inconsistent as far as usage goes. Yeah, I think... I, mean, I think Schwartz is really good at what he does. Um, Running I think straight, he, yeah. But I think he only has like two or three things, and they only they don't really, they don't really use him. Like they, like, I think well, it's worth well. him getting the shot of doing that one thing two or three times a game, I mean, he, no matter who you're playing against. He can do the Slayton thing where he runs fast deep. Okay, I think he can do that that slant thing where he just like I mean Auburn's best play against LSU they was like that short, third and fourteen. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, throw the ball short to Anthony Schwartz because he he's not he you can't make him be Ryan Davis or Eli Stove because those guys can catch the ball and just start going on a dime. Mm-hmm. Anthony Schwartz is better when he's already going. I love Eli Stove. I think Eli Stove he's he's the last few weeks he started to look much more like 2017 Eli Stove. I don't think he's a guy that you want running past the line of scrimmage, but I think you want him on the field. I think you want him in motion. I think you want the defense saying okay. Where is number 12 at? He's, he's Ryan Davis. And it's interesting because it seems like every game this year where the games where they've used stuff, there's been a few where he just disappeared for some reason. But they use him early yeah. in the scripted plays, 
and then that's it. Now, they went back to him, and he got that touchdown catch from Bo. But outside of that, after the first drive, he, they didn't use him. Yeah, it, it seems weird where they, they, they have scripted plays that are creative, and they do some stuff, and then the middle of the game is kind of like, I don't know what's really going on here. And the end of the game gets good again, but like it's just... So the second and third quarter is like, ah, we don't. We yeah, don't I mean, and doing. it goes back to the question is like, I don't understand why it's not working. Yeah. And it, it could just be the simple thing of like, it's a lot of different things. It, and it, it just is. never, it just never, yeah. it's just, it hasn't meshed together this season. The biggest problem is that Auburn's offense isn't what Gus Malzahn says Auburn's offense is or what Auburn's offense wants to be. It wants to be the run, run heavy play action, the run play action. This team can't run against good teams. I don't think they're trying a whole lot. They're not. I mean, when you pass it 50 times, you're not trying to run it. I mean, they got... They ran, th- I think they had 36 36? carries, um, but only... How many of the running backs have? But I know Bo had Bo, the most carries. Bo had 13. Yeah. So, 23. But Schwartz was one. And then Eli Stove was one. How many? So, DJ and Booby. So, DJ had eight. Booby had 11. Not, Shivers had one. You're like not trying that hard. And I think there was there was one stretch where like three or four runs in a row, Booby looked good. Yes. And, then he, and that was the drive where he got stuffed on fourth and one for minus 13 yards. And they kind of just like went away from him after that. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm, I will readily admit that I don't know how to analyze offensive line play because I'm not an offensive lineman. I'm going to, my plan this week is to talk to offensive linemen and see, hey, what 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 does this group look like? But something coming up in the Montgomery Advertiser on that? I believe so. Yes. Well, yes, yes. all right, let's let's yes. plug it, baby. Yeah. Let's plug it. Yeah, but, but I mean, I, th- there are guys that are that are that are getting it done. I mean, Markel Harrell, like from the analytics. Yeah. The analytics love Harrell. Yeah. And like Prince Tega's got a lot of respect. Jack Driscoll seems to be fine to me. It's that center and other guard spot. I like, is that enough to make it fall apart? It I, seems like it is. The offensive line has to be all all five on the same page. Yeah. And I think Nick Brown has played much better than Caleb Kim was. I agree. Um, but it just seems like a lot of plays, like fourth and one, if you're a good offensive line, which Auburn was earlier in Gus' tenure, like 2013, 2014, you say, hey, we need one yard. We're going to get one yard. We're doing it. I don't care what the defense does. We're going to get one yard. You're going to like it. Now it's like, man, I don't know if this offense can run for one yard in fourth and one. I, I don't I don't know. And you look at that play to Whitlow. I mean, Georgia knew it was coming and just blew it up immediately. Yeah. I like the play call at the end of the game on the fourth and short where they got Joyner out in the flat and they just missed the But it's like, that, you know, that play he, people give Malzahn, you know, a, a tough time. And it's like, well, he's scheming these guys open. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's why you can't blame one person. Yeah. You can blame you you can blame Gus for a lot of stuff. He's the head coach. Sure. But that play, he dialed up a good play. Harold Joyner is wide open. It was blocked. That play's gained fifteen yards and Bo Nix missed him. You can blame Bo Nix for that, but you can't say Auburn lost because of Bo Nix, because Auburn isn't even Auburn loses that game twenty one nothing without Bo Nix because he led two successful touchdown drives in the fourth quarter and he scored both touchdowns. So you can't blame one person. You got to blame it's it's the the entire offense deserves blame. Do you think the play calling changes at all on the third and shorts and the fourth and shorts in this game if Gatewood is still on the roster? I don't know because I they weren't using him in those. That's true. And I mean, I think that it seems like that was kind of what put him over the edge of Florida because he thought he was going out there. And yeah. And when he ran those plays, I, I don't want to you know, say anything poor about Joey Gatewood because I in this house we respect athletes' decisions all the time. Um, but when he wasn't on those short yardage plays, it was the same thing as the Whitlow Wildcat play. Defenses knew exactly what he was in the game for, 
and a lot of times they stopped it. Most of his rushing yards were late against yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, it's not like he was one hundred percent. That's true. Yeah. Against Power Five teams, he was averaging a li- like one point six yards per carry. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like that play was an automatic gimme. That's a good point. So that's a good point. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think this is a total bummer for Auburn in regards to uh, Booby lining up in the in the Booby Cat, if you will, and then uh, it looks like they were going to do a jump pass. And then they blew it dead. Yeah, that was a bummer. That's a total bummer. And they did score Dustin after that, but I, I wanted to see another movie pass. I think he did one of, one of those last year, and it worked. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, Carrion did that against Georgia two years ago. And, you know, maybe that gets the—I was going to say maybe it gets the crowd more into it, but they were pretty into it after that touchdown anyway. That, so. that stadium was the best I'd seen it all season after that second touchdown. Probably the best since the Iron Bowl in 2017. You're probably right, right. yeah. I mean, just because uh, there weren't a whole lot of big home games last year. But, all right, so it— where does Auburn go from here, Josh? I mean, I think Auburn's going. Obviously, they'll beat Sanford. Yes. I think they're in a good spot against Alabama, just due to all right. You're playing a backup quarterback now with Tua Tagovailoa being out for the rest of the season. Yeah, you're not going to like. What's the mentality of that Alabama team? I don't like, know. Still, Alabama's still a good team, but like to see to see your your quarterback, your leader, your best player go down like that. I, I don't know. Maybe you know. Something similar to like what Auburn basketball did for Chuma, you know, last yeah, yeah. postseason. Like, you know, do it for, you know, are they going to try to do it for Tua kind of thing? And, you know, Saban's good at getting, you know, the most out of, out of his players. I think this injury puts more pressure on Gus Malzahn than it did before. Because I think, you know, the, the folks that are very anti Gus Malzahn, there's a lot of them within the Auburn fan base right now. I think you're going into this Iron Bowl with a win-win. Either you get what you want and Gus Malzahn loses to a backup quarterback in Alabama. Because, I mean, let's face it, when you're hired at Auburn, you're expected to beat Alabama. Like, that's, that's, what you, that's why not you're ex- hired. Unexpected. Asked. Very. I think we have a, I have a problem with the word expect. Okay. I just don't like it. I'm fine it. with that. Because someone, uh, we got, I got into it last week, someone said Auburn should expect to make the playoff every year. I'm like, Auburn has literally never made the playoff. Expect means to believe, like, this is going to happen beyond all doubt. Auburn, you can't expect something that's never happened before. Okay, I'm cool with that. All right. I'm cool with that. Um, but, I mean, I do you, think it's fair. The reason he got this money in the extension is because... You, brought, you want to beat your, your biggest rivals. Yeah. And he happened to come in at the time where Auburn's biggest rival is having, like, the greatest run of success maybe in program history, maybe in college football history. I which, think you're right. Does not help. Which but. yeah, it makes everything. If that's not happening, I think the 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 view on Malzahn is totally different. If but, he's nine and sixteen against those three teams, or nine and fifteen, if he was or not nine and fifteen, six and fifteen, six and fifteen, if he's nine and twelve, still losing record, totally different view. You're right. We're just looking at this thing. Three three wins, totally different view. You're right. You're absolutely right. So you you look at it though, and, and so. Or, you know, I, I, think, I think if he loses to a backup quarterback at Alabama, I think it puts a lot of pressure on him. Or a lot of pressure on the university, really. 100%. Yeah. Because it's like, if you can't beat him then, when are you going to beat him? Yeah. And then the other side of it is, all right, you beat Alabama. And I think every Auburn fan, even if you're mad at Gus or not, if you beat Alabama, you should be happy. It's 9-3 and three season. 9-3 and three regular season. Which and you be beat Alabama. With, yeah. And a chance to win 10 games, which doesn't happen at Auburn a lot. People think it does. It doesn't. Where would that put them as far as bowl projection in your mind if they go nine and three? The things I keep seeing most are like citrus, outback, kind of that level. But those level. are with that's the assumption a- that they're going to lose to Alabama, right? No, I don't think so. I think okay. that's the level they're trending toward. I think it's I think that would be the level of bowl. Um Okay. Maybe tax slayer at the lowest. But I, I Where's think Where's the tax slayer at? That's Jacksonville. I think they're going I think Auburn, Ooh, that'd be fun. I think Auburn's be okay going to Florida. 
I think they're Auburn's going to Florida. I hope so. That would and, be nice. And look, if if, if you're not going to make the playoff, which Auburn's not going to make the playoff, go um, to a fun city. Is all I'm asking. Or <laughs> just just in general, the state like the state of Florida has a lot of issues, but the state of Florida in December and January is just beautiful. Yeah, it's like 65 degrees and sunny. Like it's it's a good place to spend New Year's, Christmas, whatever. So yeah, the weekend a few years ago, were you covering them? You weren't covering them in 14, were you? No, I was not here for. Well, they went to the season. Outback Bowl yeah. in Tampa, yeah. and like that yeah. was such a fun week. The, yeah. the group I went down, I was still in school, and you know. We um we had a blast. I wouldn't mind doing that again. I'm sure the weather was flawless. It was awesome. Yes, Florida, Florida, and it and December, even rained January. one day, but you didn't even care. Yeah, you didn't even care, mm-hmm. man. So, um, I, I don't want to age this podcast too much because Auburn basketball they play Colgate tonight. I don't really want to preview that game or anything, gotcha. but gotcha. So, solid start. I mean, Very Isaac Okoro is is all he was hyped up to be. He seems to be getting a little bit better every single game. Isaac Okoro led Auburn in scoring through three games. And I thought Isaac was going to be good this season. I never thought Isaac Okoro He's the would guy. lead the team in scoring. The, so, Samir, it, leads in, sti- Samir leads now because Samir he busted blew off for thirty right up on Friday night. Yeah, um, that was a fun game. They needed that, and yeah, yeah, they did. That's uh, despite playing, you know, uh, n- not really big names, but like mm-hmm. those were decent teams that they played. Yeah, and the thing, the thing that Bruce Pearl points out, and this is true, these are not high-powered non-conference teams. They're not playing a Duke or a, you know. They're in the tournament, though. Yeah, those are teams that are picked top three in their conference that returned a lot of players who know how to win games. And that's what Bruce Pearl's biggest thing is. Auburn returns five guys, but it's got a lot of young guys. But these weren't the guys that were on the floor last year. Like, Anthony was on the floor last year. Samir was on the floor last year when they were closing out games. But they're still in different roles. I mean, Samir was not the starting two. Exactly. He was not Bryce Brown. And then Anthony was starting, and he was not, you know, the sixth man. Yeah, so now, so basically, you have to learn how to win in those situations. Auburn, I mean, you don't want to see Auburn blow a 14-point lead on the road at South Alabama. But to blow that lead and be able to win... That's a lesson that helps this team going forward. They're, they're right. going to benefit from that going forward. I expect Colgate tonight's matchup would be similar to Friday's matchup as uh, far as running them out. Am I off on that? Bruce Pearl, Pearl believes Colgate's good. They're, I believe they're picked to win the Patriot League. Okay. Uh, they're big inside. They're not that they have they're gonna start at six nine and six ten on the front line. Well, that's good experience um, right there. I think they're probably a South Alabama esque team on okay. that level. It will be at Auburn Arena and it, it will not be as hostile or just loud in general, as Mobile was. Yeah, it sounds like Mobile was pretty rowdy. Yeah, I think there were a lot of Auburn fans, so it was like kind of even rowdy. Did you go? Not, did you go to that? I did not go to that. Did you have to get uh, ESPN Plus? I had to pay for ESPN Plus. So you have ESPN Plus now. I canceled it literally one second after I paid for it. I have a month. <laughs> um, oh, you didn't do the free trial thing? I know a lot of Auburn fans did the free trial thing. I couldn't find a free trial. I had to pay four ninety nine. Oh, really? Yeah, that game was bad. I also that. That game cost me my fire stick, too. So that, that, that whole game was a mess. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I just didn't like it. <laughs> Sorry that, I brought it up. No, it's okay. It's, <laughs> the wound's fresh, but it's fine. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for helping me break down um, whatever we watched Saturday. I mean, that was a shame. And, you know, it, 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 in all of this, and this is not the first time, but throughout this season, the defense really should be the story of how incredible they've been. And it just, everybody just wants to talk about the offense, myself included. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's you, a shame. Yeah. And credit that defense, Kevin Steele works voodoo magic with his culture because you talk to any defensive player and just human nature says they're going to blame the offense. We did our part in the offense. One, not a single person in there does that. And two, they don't blame the offense. They blame themselves. Like Javaris Davis said, um, if they don't score 21 points, we win. It's like, 
He's not that's wrong. A, that's great. It's a crazy level of expectations. But like Der- Derek Brown, who is an unbelievable football player, and I'm going to miss watching him next year. I think this was his inc- best game of the season. He was incredible on Saturday. People can't block him. They can hold him. They he, can't block him. He's a top three draft pick. Yeah, but he basically his mentality is: if Auburn allows points, the defense has failed. And that's that's insane, but also like you got to respect the atmosphere, the the culture that they put together on defense. You mentioned Javaris Davis, one of he his best games everywhere. Like why did you throw? And then another guy, I don't think his name was mentioned once during the broadcast. Igmanogany. That's the thing. You don't mention his name because people they, won't they don't throw it. They don't him. throw it to him. Yeah, he's incredible. Dude. And that, that's my 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 biggest argument. If you're if you're a number one cornerback and you can go the entire game and no one says your name or remembers that you played in it. You did your part. Yeah, he did his part. He's really good. I, the, there's there's a there's a risk Auburn doesn't have him next year because he's that good. I think the NFL will want him very bad. Yes, I, I mean the so fact too. that this is his second year playing that he's only going to get better. Yeah, holy yeah. cow, gets an athlete. What's going on in the uh, the Montgomery Advertiser this week? I wrote a story this morning, Monday morning, okay. about five questions for Auburn football going into these last two weeks. All right, so there's a lot of things to question. Is there a decision to make about Gus Malzahn's future? What is success at Auburn? Is nine and three good or not good enough? I don't know. I can't answer the question anymore. Sure, um, it seems to change. Actually, the answer really I think seem seems to change. to change no matter yeah. who you ask. Yeah, we're going to talk. I got to have a story coming on Auburn's uh, new basketball signing class. Three guys: Sharif Cooper, uh, Justin Powell, and Chris Moore. His his hashtag when he committed, he posted a graphic on his personal. Mm-hmm. It was hashtag Flex Moore. You know, if what? that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what does. I don't know either. Um, yeah, Bruce Pearl is out doing the thing at Auburn. I mean, it's going to be if Okoro stays, Oof. if he's like not quite good enough to be the one and done. That'll be, a, that'll be interesting. One. I mean, yeah. they've, they've got a shot though with I him th- and Cooper. Yeah, though I think the, um, man, I'm not going to, uh, we have no idea what Isaac Okoro is going to do, but the first three games, I think he's if gone. You're, if, you're, but... if, if you're looking at like, he went from, like being a fringe first round guy in Montrax, like oh yeah, he's the 14th best player in the draft. It's like oh, okay, we're jumping him. Like I saw, I saw Montrax that in top ten. Like Okoro? Just, yeah. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm this weird. Um, I want Auburn fans to care about the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like I really want that. The NBA is great. It's so great. Yes. It's so great. And uh, you know, I, I think once Truma starts playing for the Magic, I'm, I'm hoping that kind of comes around. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And I mean, Cooper's going to be in there in a few years. Okora's going to be in there maybe next year. So, and the fact that Auburn, Auburn University, is getting players that fun, could man. jump to the NBA after one season. <laughs> Imagine me tell if I told you ten years ago that yeah, Auburn would sign a one and done. You'd be like, in in what did they change the football rules? Like, what do you mean they signed a one and done? Golly. No basketball, man. Yeah, I mean, Auburn fans are like, well, maybe he won't be good enough to go to the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> What a time to be alive. Where are you on Twitter, bud? At Josh Vitale, J-O-S-H-V-I-T-A-L-E. Thank you for hanging out, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for it. having me on. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked on Auburn podcast. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.